Daily Gazette Company presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Sports Editor, Ken Shot. Thank you, Scott Kesey, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast, available wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast studio in Schenectady, New York. And Union Men's Head Hot Coach Josh Algie joins me for his weekly appearance on the podcast. Josh, welcome back. Thanks for having me. How are things going? Yeah, good. <laughs> I mean, good to get back to work here. And, you know, obviously would have liked a better outcome last weekend, but um, excited to work in the, the two games ahead. Yeah, let's look back at last weekend first. I mean, a tough one for the Garner Chargers. Two winnable games against Brown and Yale, but uh, lost both late, a 3-2 three overt- three, overtime setback against Brown, and then the uh, 4-2 loss to Yale. Uh, the team had two one leads in both of those games in the third period. Um, first of all, what general thought on the weekend? Well, I, I think that like it's it's frustrating, and you know you you look at it, and they're games that you could have won, maybe should have won, um, but you didn't find a way, and that's that's what matters in this business in this game is that you you get the wins and. Um, it, it's frustrating, but at the same point, like I, I have such a strong belief in this group and these guys that I think we'll, you know, we'll respond from it, we'll grow from it, and we'll learn from it. Well, let's break down each game. We'll start with the Brown game first from last Friday. You know, after Brown scored a power play goal late in the second period, uh, Union responded with an even strength goal by Thomas Richter, who we'll talk about um, a little bit about more later, and a shorthanded goal by Carter Corpy. Uh, you take a 2-1 lead in the third and have momentum, but the team seemed very tentative coming out of the locker room in the third period. Only three shots on goal in the third period in overtime. Uh, the players seem to be treating the puck like a hot potato, and normally the team is very good in uh, defending the extra attacker situations, but Brown scored with 22, 26.2 seconds left in regulation and then won a 2-16 into overtime. It just seems strange to watch the team struggle with that puck handling uh, in that third period in overtime. Why do you think that was? Well, you know, for whatever reason, we just weren't completing passes. And, um, you know, it's, you know, there there was a little shakeup in lines and we had to, you know, make our way kind of through the game. And, um, you know, we got to do a better job of handling the puck and just possessing it and holding on to it Um, and then driving pucks to the net. I thought, you know, we got to give Brown credit. They did a good job limiting our chances, but uh, we were hanging on. We weren't attacking and we want to be have, you know, a a team that is just tenacious on everything and never, never quits. And um, I I thought we were just kind of sitting back and watching the game. Yeah. How important is it to keep attacking instead of sitting back and, you you know, trying to protect the lead? Yeah, I think, you know, you got to play smart and, you know, you can't take unnecessary chances, but you still have to keep attacking. And that that for us is a strength of us is when we're, you know, we're on our toes, we're not on our heels and we're attacking the game and um, something we've kind of been focusing on this week. Well, that loss seemed to affect uh, the team in maybe the first four minutes of the Yale game, only 12 shots on goal. And Yale has a one nothing lead heading into the third period. But in the third, uh, Union really came out with a sense of purpose. Um, you know, they, you had energy creating scoring chances. I mean, I think you had like more shots on goal in the first six, seven minutes of that uh, uh, third period than you did the entire second period. Uh, you end up taking a 2-1 lead uh, on goals by Brandon Bear and uh, Chad Smedrud, and uh, everything was looking good, but unfortunately it falls apart late as Yale scored three times in a two-minute span to win 4-2. to two. I mean, how frustrating was that, knowing that it was a second-straight game in which Union uh, uh, lost a 2-1 lead? Yeah, it was disappointing for sure. And I mean, I think it all started, we took a penalty with like seven and a half minutes left. And I I thought it was kind of a tic-tac call where, you know, we have full possession of the offensive zone and um, we get it called for a moving pick. And, um, 
you know, and, and then that kind of took the life out of us. And, you know, we hit, we had that game under control. We have to close that out. And, um, you know, that's something that can't happen, but it did. And again, it's, it's frustrating, but you gotta, you gotta move forward. The one note thing I noticed led, led to the game winning goal by Yale. Uh, Union won a face off. Um, I think it was Chad Smedry won a face off in the left circle in the, in the Yale zone and drew it back, drew it back to Corpy. And I think, I think he had a lane to shoot the puck. There in the high slot, but instead tried to backhand the pass to Colin Ferguson at the left point, and it just everything became discombobulated. Yale goes down the ice, scores uh, to take the lead. So, did you get a chance to look at that play, and what did you see out of that? Yeah, we we turned the puck over, and uh, you know it it came back down our 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 throat, and I guess you know like we we were in position to tie people up and get sticks, and we didn't. We um, you know we kind of drifted by the net, and they got a couple hacks and whacks at it, but. Yeah, it starts with our puck management and, you know, getting pucks through. And, um, you know, for, for us, like, I think there was a, you know, they wanted to run a little switch there and um, get the puck back. But it, when it when it breaks down, you just can't do that. You got to get something, you know, it's got to go north. It can't go back. And, um, you know, it, it ends up in the back of our net. I mean, is that a case where you tell the player, shoot the puck, you have that, that lane open? Well, I think that, like, you know, yeah, you want them to, you know, get get it there if it, if it is. But, um it's kind of a tough one to, you know, I wasn't, you know, not in his shoes, but I, obviously I'd like it to go north. I, you know, want it to go back. So, um, I, you know, I don't know if it was called or he's calling for it or what, but, you know, trust Carter with the puck and, you know, whatever whatever decisions he makes, we'll live with. Uh, this, this may be a tough question. We'll ask you, which loss was more disappointing? Uh, you know, I think I, for Friday, like, you you have it and you just, you just got to close. It's 25 seconds left and, um, you know, the, the one saving grace on Friday is you get a point on Saturday to get a, come away with nothing is, is, is pretty tough to swallow. So I guess I'll go with Saturday because we don't get any points, but they both were both were pretty tough. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about Thomas Richter, the uh, union flu bug situation, and look ahead to this weekend's home games against Clarkson and St. Lawrence after the break. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. It's the most historic conference in college hockey. It's a battle night in and night out. ECAC Hockey, an iconic conference home to 12 of the most prestigious universities and programs in the world, and showcasing the best student athletes in the sport. Top-notch facilities and arenas, incomparable traditions, passionate fans, alumni who go on to become elite professionals, leaders, and champions. ECAC Hockey, there's no experience like it. Hi. I'm Daily Gazette news columnist Andrew Waite and host of the Weighing In podcast, which takes you inside my award-winning featured news column by offering the backstory, thought process, and interviews that inform my work. Plus, readers have their chance to respond. The Weighing In podcast is available at dailygazette.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Union Men's Hockey alum Scott Boyd. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, Union men's head hockey coach Josh Halsey joins me for his uh, weekly segment. Well, let's talk about the flu bug that has been going around uh, through the team uh, the last couple of weeks. Knocked out forwards Liam Robertson, Jacob Jeanette, and Cole Kotze from uh, both games last weekend. And forward Josh Nixon mixed the Yale contest. I mean, it, it was so bad, even kept equipment manager Dave Baglio out of the uh, December 30th Bentley game, which, you know, Dave's a tough guy and been around for a long time. So, uh, so for him to miss the game, that's got to be something. So, I mean, Robertson and Jeanette were at Tuesday's media availability and said they feel better. Um, I mean, how tough is it to navigate through that? I mean, you even mentioned uh, at your media availability Tuesday that you were battling a little bit. 
Yeah, and I, <clears throat> I apologize if I don't sound great even still, but I, I think that uh, Jeanette was probably the hardest to, to navigate with it just because he he skated on Thursday and we thought he was good to go, and then Friday he woke up and just, um, you know, wasn't able to. With Liam, we kind of had, you know, an idea on Thursday that he was going to be down just so we had one practice to prepare for it. Um, you know, Kadzi was kind of, uh, you know, earlier in the, like Wednesday, Thursday, but there was, you know, you're always hoping maybe you can get him back. But, um, Jeanette with him on the penalty kill, it, it was hard to kind of get through and, um, losing two centers is, is really hard with Jeanette and Robertson. So like we just didn't win as many draws, um, you know, and then those two guys would have been on the ice, um, you know, on a six on five situation. So like for us to, you know, they would have for sure been out there and, you know, maybe they, maybe they helped close that game out for us, but, um, you know, it was a good opportunity. Some other guys got in the lineup for them and, you know, some guys that have worked really hard and, you know, glad to see them get in the lineup. Yeah. I'll ask about those players a second. I was just thinking about Jeanette. I mean, he's been a pretty much a regular this year, has yet to score, but he's been, uh, he has five assists. I mean, how do you like his game as, as a freshman? Well, I, I think he's probably one of our most underrated players. I mean, you look at what he has to do night in and night out. He's usually going up against other teams, top lines. He's usually, uh, the first guy over the boards on the penalty kill, uh, him with him and uh, Tupker and Emanin, those those three guys kind of are our first. You know, two of those guys are always over the boards first. Um, so uh, you know, th- maybe he doesn't get enough credit because he hasn't you know scored, but he's extremely valuable. He's really hard to play against. Um, he's just a guy for us that kind of you know can play in all situations and, and can help out. Well, we mentioned some of the players that uh, you're getting some ice time for the first time or maybe for, and for the first time in a while. Yeah, freshman defenseman Joseph Messina played in his first game since November 3rd. Uh, freshman four, Eli Pilasov made his uh, debut on Saturday against Yale. And then there's Thomas Richter, the junior forward who is the son of uh, New York Rangers, former New York Rangers goalie and 1994 Stanley Cup champion Mike Richter. Uh, he made his season debut in the Brown game. He scored 33 seconds after Brown had scored late in the second period to tie the score at one. And it was his record, Richter's uh, second career goal. It was also his first career game uh, playing for Union since December 30th of last season against New Hampshire. I thought he played very well throughout the weekend. What did you think? Yeah, really, really pleased with him. Um, you know, just actually had a meeting with him a couple minutes ago and told him, you know, how impressed I was just with his overall attitude to be able to, you know, to be out for a while and continue to keep working, continue to be positive, um, and, and just super happy that he got rewarded. And he, he gained a ton of confidence from our coaching staff. And uh, not only, like, we, we know he can make some offensive plays. He's pretty, he's pretty gifted, but just his attention to detail and his defensive habits, that's been something we've been working on him with and uh, feel like he, he did a great job. Yeah, that'll probably be my focus of my um, opening faceoff column of little Pierre Thursday on, on the line at dailygazette.com and, and Friday's print. Um, I mean, how important is it for players – like uh, like a Richter, like uh, Messina, uh, who have seen little to no action, to be ready to play when someone is hurt or sick. Yeah, I think it's you know we're we're in the process of developing these guys and you know making sure that they're you know continuing to get better better even if they don't play. So like we we want guys to have that next man up mentality and be ready um, at any point. But it, it's it can be frustrating. It can be hard and. Um, I give credit to these guys. Like this group this year has been such a pleasure to coach. Everybody's positive. Everybody works hard. Um, there's some frustrations along the way. Guys want to get in, but they, they continue to bring it every single day, and it's, it, it makes it a lot of fun at the rink. Might Rector play again this weekend? Is it too early at this point here on a Wednesday we're taping? I mean, is it too early to say? Well, yeah, again, I just when I just talked to him, I said, hey, like I, I can't promise you that you're going to play Friday or, or Saturday, but like right now you're in conversations for it. You're um, – you know, if you don't play Friday, you're 
you, you could very well play Saturday. If you, you play Friday, you're not guaranteed Saturday. So just continue to keep being ready and um, just, again, really impressed with how he's handled everything. And especially, and we mentioned this back last month uh, after the uh, Vermont, the first Vermont game where he had a hand in helping you guys seal that victory uh, with the video review. So, I mean, it's been having him being able to contribute in, in that kind of way, what does that say about him? Yeah, he, he's willing to do whatever it takes for the group to win and be successful. And he's, you know, he's willing to put away personal sacrifice or personal success for for the better of the group. And, you know, like that, that that's just truly impressive to me. And, um, again, just says a lot about him as a person. You know, we missed a chance of seeing Richter versus Richter on uh, Saturday with, uh, you know, the Yale's, uh, his brother plays for Yale, but was, uh, was scratching the game. <laughs> I was hoping Keith and Lane would dress him, have some fun there. Yeah, you know, like when we were looking at it, I thought if, you know, when you're kind of looking at the schedule, you really want to make sure you can try to get him in that game if you can. Um, you know, we don't want to give out free games, but like, you you know, deep down you want you want to, you want to cheer for certain players at certain times of the year. And um, what it would have been nice, but um, I was glad Tommy got to get in. Well, how good will it be to have a healthy lineup this weekend? Yeah, they just even in practice this week, you know, nice to be back and have have a little more pace in practice and be able to get up and down the sheet and, um, you know, try to fine-tune our systems. Well, Union closes out a four-game homestand by facing Clarkson at 7 p.m. Friday and St. Lawrence at 4 p.m. Saturday. Uh, the Gardner Chargers split the games against the teams up in the North Country in November, 4-3 win over the Saints and a 4-1 loss against the Golden Knights. Well, what stood out to you in those games? Well, I thought, uh, you know, both are, are highly competitive teams. Both really are, are physical and hard to play against. Um, you know, I, I thought uh, the St. Lawrence game was one of our better games of the year this year. I thought we played really well. We managed pucks. We, um, you know, I thought the first period we played well, but we didn't score. Um, ended up getting, you know, kind of a break early in the second and then kind of, you know, played much better and then maybe hung on hung, hung on a little bit in the third. Um, against Clarkson, I thought they kind of took it to us in that first period and really controlled the game, and they got off to a fast start. So um, we were we were chasing the game kind of the rest of the night, and um you know, we got to be ready for for two really tough opponents. Yeah, I remember that Clarkson game. Even though they controlled the first period, was no score. That was a, that third, three goal second period that really put you guys in behind the eight ball. Yeah, and I I I, had, <laughs> I still to this day I thought the first maybe five minutes or four minutes of that second period were some of the best hockey we played, and then we made a mistake and we compounded with another one. And next thing you know, it's three nothing. And um, you know, it just it started with our first period. We weren't ready to go, and um, you know, I we always seem to get you know, Clarkson's best, and I expect we get their best on Friday night. What do you think will be the key to bouncing back, snapping a four-game losing streak, and getting six points? Well, I, I think it's just, for us, it starts with our start. You know, like, we have to be better in first periods. We have to set the pace. We have to be ready to go. And, um, you know, for us, it also goes along with our, our puck responsibility of just managing the puck. And, um, you know, we know we're going to get, um, you know, two really – tough opponents, but we, we got to push the pace. We got to be the aggressor and um, look, looking forward to a, a tough challenge this weekend. Yeah. We always encourage uh, questions from our listeners. You can always email me at shot at dailygazette.com or you know, post on Twitter when I announce uh, when I'm uh, the time I'm interviewing uh, Josh. And uh, we have a question from listener David Trestick. He writes, uh, he doesn't have the exact numbers, but the power play looks disjointed. Uh, looked disjointed this past weekend. Almost predictable. Yale is a very well-coached uh, team, so give them some credit. But is it time for a change of concept or on the power play? Well, you know, you look at this weekend, it probably was a little bit of a change with just some different personnel in there because, uh, you know, 
of sickness and some guys not being in the lineup uh, because of that. So, um, you know, for us, we have to have more more of a shooting mentality. We got to, you know, um, you know, get to the net and, you know, find a way to get some rebound and some dirty goals. And um, right right now we're trying to be a little too cute. So I, I would agree with you that we, we probably have to have more of a mindset of getting pucks to the net and um, moving a little bit more because we are a little stagnant. What do you have to do? I mean, I, it seems like the fans complain a lot. I mean, and I watch sometimes and it seems like they're looking, they're, they're, they're passing the puck. I know sometimes the, the player defenders there are blocking lanes, but is it good sometimes maybe just to shoot and have them block maybe? I mean, I'm not – not trying to be mean here, but if he blocks in at a certain spot, he maybe gets into the ankle or a skate or something, and he's limping around. Maybe they gives you a little bit of advantage. Yeah, and I think the other thing when you when you take a shot, it kind of gets everybody on the ice in a little bit of panic mode. So if you can, you know, get a puck on that and uh, you know recover that rebound, all of a sudden now they're out of their structure and you can attack again. So um, you know, I, I think that like for us, we got to get we got to get more traffic to the net. We have to get more pucks to the net, um, and we don't have to be so pretty. Uh, one thing I, I should bring this up, and I meant uh, I mentioned I should mention this: the two goals that, that was scored against the L uh, by Burr and Smedrud, the exact same goals. They were right on top of the crease. Uh, those are kind of the greasy goals that you like to see, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's for us has got to be an emphasis, and um, we have to get more of those goals. Like that's how we're going to generate. And um, you know, I think when you look at power plays that are successful, it's the volume of shots, volume of shot recoveries, and then just you know making making the kill be out of their structure a little bit so you can get some passes you know across the mid midpoint of of the ice like you got to get goaltenders moving and and you got to take away their eyes well josh well, first of all david thank you for the question and uh, as, as i said uh, you can email questions at uh, shot at dailygazette.com or post on my facebook page and x uh, when i uh, post the, the time i'm interviewing josh so again appreciate it, uh, the question david well josh appreciate a few minutes uh, good luck this weekend and uh, we'll see you over at the, at the, at the rink Sounds good. Thank you. All right. That's Josh Halji. Don't forget, I'll be covering both games this weekend. You can follow my coverage on X, Threads, and Facebook. I'm hoping to have post-game podcasts. been uh, tied up with some other uh, work business. uh, So I'll do my best to get the post-game podcast up. I am posting videos of the weekly Union Men's and Women's Hockey Media Availabilities and the post-game interviews. To subscribe, go to YouTube and search Ken Shot. And my next uh, podcast will be posted on Thursday. I'll have interviews with SUNY Cobo School cross-country coach Mitch Tomaszewicz, who is getting inducted into his alma mater, Lewis University, and the Academy of Coaches. I'll also have uh, interviews with members of the U men's and women's hockey teams. The views expressed on the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of the Daily Gazette Company. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of the Daily Gazette Company. I'm Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schatz. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good hockey.